What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dragzine Podcast. I'm your host, Senior Editor Brian Wagner, and this week on the show, I'm joined by Ultra Street Racer Kiefer Simpson. Kiefer, what's going on? Hey, man, how are you doing? Oh, you know, just enjoying that lovely uh, blast of fun winter weather we got here. Fortunately, in central Ohio, where I live, we only got a couple inches of snow. My parents got 16 inches of snow, so, you know, just a... Just off-season racing things, right? Oh, yeah. that's It's kind of funny because we're pretty much central Indiana over here in Brownsburg. And for some reason, I the snow didn't hit us. And I saw that last night. I was like, that's a pretty interesting weather pattern going on over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely very, very strange. I haven't seen anything like that before. And um, I'm definitely... That's why you'll never hear me complain about how hot it is at the racetrack because I know each year this is coming. <laughs> right. Well, and that's we're about to head down to Florida for the U.S. Street Nationals, so we're ready to get out of the cold weather too. Yeah, that that's what makes that event cool, isn't it? Like that and the, the snowbirds is it gives you a chance, you know, us Northerners to get out of this gross weather to, to go have some fun in race cars, right? Oh yeah. Well, and it's it's always hard to leave there, you know, the snowbirds. It, it was took us a few days we drove our feet because who wants to leave Florida to come home to this <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt especially if you know the awesome thing about Bradenton is they're so accommodating you can always find a way to get some extra testing in there and it just it, just, it turns into a two-week vacation in a hurry right oh yeah one well, that's kind of we plan on going down and testing a few days before the U.S. Street Nationals so kind of I, yeah I, I get that and snowbirds it was it was two weeks you know of testing with all of our cars and we're gonna hopefully start this season off pretty well doing that as well yeah and that, that's the cool thing about kind of like the, these early season events is it gives you a chance to at least get some stuff sorted out before the season really starts you know but the, the way you look at it almost anymore is that there really isn't an off season it's just a little bit of like barely some downtime right oh yeah no and i I was just discussing this with someone the other day about how, you know, a few years ago, there there seemed to be a few months of off season, and now it's just you know you got your your holiday time, your six to seven weeks, and then it's go time from there. So it's it's pretty cool though. I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the drag racing calendar, you can legitimately race somewhere in the United States every month of year, every month of year, twelve months out of the year. Yes, and I actually I think that that's what our our upcoming schedule is looking like. You know, we've we've done some off season planning and getting stuff together, and we looked at the calendar. It's like, well, I, we might be racing every month this year. <laughs> yeah, and the crazy thing is, is you know, when you eat kind of the spring and summer months, is like you can almost pick and choose which events you even want to go to, just because again, there's there's so much racing you can do. Yeah, for sure, and you know, it's our that's what we're starting to realize it's we if we don't make one event we can look over here and probably go to this one whether that's closer to you know location wise or what which event it is what it means to us you know it's it's pretty amazing that i mean a lot of the promoters are really doing their work out here today to make sure that we all have a place to race it's it's pretty awesome oh yeah you know and it's always interesting to hear people kind of, you know, hear their stories about what, you know, got them into racing and what drew them into the sport. 
you know, what what kind of brought you into into drag racing? Was it a family, direct family thing, a family friend? You know, what what why'd you get into racing, man? Yeah, so um, direct family. Um, it was well beyond before I was born. Uh, my grandpa started racing NHRA back in the '60s. Uh, him and his brothers were the Ulrich brothers, and they were very, very into Ford performance, um, carburetor building, and they they don't like to, to brag on themselves, but I brag on one a little bit because they were pretty pretty good. No, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, got to. Yeah, yeah, they've they've won multiple world championships. I mean, obviously, you know, this is '60s through the '80s, but you know, it's so that's where it started um, with them. I it's really cool because they're they still come to the races sometimes. So when my grandpa and his brothers come watch all you know all of us younger kids race and the rest of the family, it it's it just it feels pretty awesome because they, you know they're the reason that we're initially there. So after that, uh, my mom's first my mom Kelly Ulrich her first race she was a few days old. So she got bit by the bug, um, and then later in life, you know, she's she's had me and four of my siblings, and I remember watching my my uncle Kidder, Jim Ulrey. Uh Uncle Kidder is obviously his nickname because he likes to kid around a lot, uh, <laughs> and so I remember being a little kid and coming up here to at the time Indianapolis Raceway Park and watching him, you know, do his thing and his dragsters and Mustangs. And, uh, I remember I saw a junior dragster for my first time and I, you know, I, I think I've, you know, when I saw it, I was like, I think that's what I want to do. So a few months passed by, uh, we got some money together and we purchased our, my first junior dragster, which was a 1996 Spitzer. And it, it was a it, it was a proven car, but you know it was, it was a starter car, so started there, and then from the age of 11 until 17, 18 I guess, uh, I raced junior dragsters with me and all of my siblings, and we you know we traveled traveled all over the country doing that. We raced locally. We we were it was a it was a pretty good time, you know, and it really kept us out of trouble. So junior drag racing was really where I learned, like, this is what I love to do. Um, so then I, once I graduated high school, I went to college for five years, um, took a step away from racing itself after juniors. I, I ran some bracket door cars here and there, just, to, you know, just out here on a local weekend just to have some fun when somebody had a car that they wanted me to drive or whatever. So. After after five years of school, um, I my my mom and Jeff got together once I was in college, and when he purchased the Nitrous Pro Street car from Kevin Parent, he provided an opportunity for me to crew and do some media slash marketing work because that's what I was going to school for. And yeah, I I fell in love with racing all over again on a whole nother level. You know, it's like I, I started in bracket racing, but then once Jeff, he's, he pushed bracket racing to the side and wanted to go heads up. And I, yeah, I 
ever since then it was it was all up from there i i have tried to pave pave my way to where i'm at today and you know it was it was a lot of hard work i i am very lucky to be where i'm at because i, I you know i didn't have the financial support that a lot of kids my age uh, kids meaning 20s you know we i didn't have the financial support i didn't have the backing um exp- i wouldn't say experience as in driving but you know i i had to learn different things before i could ever get to driving so it's it's been a it's been a learning curve and yeah i my my family is where it all started and that it's cool that you know you, you have that lineage and and getting you know the like i said the the old school stuff is what always kind of excites me because you know that's you know i got into racing because of my dad and you know family and and whatnot and it's always cool to hear kind of the the stories from i always call them the old timers that used to race back in the 60s and 70s because that you know back then to be fast and win it was a whole different ball game it was honestly a lot harder than what it is today right well and you know it's with my grandpa he's he's getting old on us so you know he tries to make most of the races that he can he you know and he even with jeff's pro mod and with Haley and i's ultra cars or <laughs> he's uh you know he always jokes around a little bit and you know he he talks about how tuning it is way different and you know it's like hearing his side of it because you know obviously he didn't have efi and all this back then you, you tune the cars with physical parts and you know, it, it was, it's really cool to see how far the sport has come, so to speak, even within my own family, let alone the, the industry. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy when, when you think about it, you know, just within the past, we'll say 10 years, how much the the sport of drag racing has changed across the board. It's like technology just has pushed drag racing to a, a whole different level everything from juniors all the way up to nitro cars. I mean, it's, it's really, it's kind of scary. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where if, if you don't keep up, then you will fall behind competitively. So. Yeah. And it's cool. You, you, you got the, uh, you, you kind of jumped in on, on the crewing side of things there and looking at that, you know, is a racer, it changes, I think how you race as a racer when you've crewed on someone's car, doesn't it? Um, yeah, actually. Um, so it's always been, I, I, I guess, a, a funny story from my past was at one point I, I was talking to a, a high school counselor in my senior year and they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to pave a different path in racing as a driver, but I wasn't sure if I wanted, you know, go top fuel where I'm at right now, pro mod, whichever. It was just, I, I just want to drive something. Right. And <clears throat> when, when I got back into racing after taking a break, I, I, you know, I realized I was like, the break was necessary, but it's, it put me back to where I was, where my goals were. And I, the the amount of stuff that I have learned working on Jeff first with Jeff Nitrous his Nitrous car moving to his Pro Mod 
and then you know for a few years i was making i was helping crew on Haley's car as well just because i i wanted to be there i wanted to be involved and now that i'm in the driver's seat i you know i i crew i still do crew on all three including my own well my own meaning the teams and i it's it's really interesting when i get in the driver's seat because i i trust what i did on the car you know what i mean so it's yeah. it's i i have two roles and my first role is to keep myself safe and Haley safe and then when it's time to switch the role i don't have to have those thoughts like oh i hope somebody did this oh i hope somebody did that you know our, our team communicates well and i'm still responsible for keeping the car safe so i i don't know it's the it's really it's pretty interesting honestly how, how you can flip the switch in your head to be a driver at this moment and a crew guy at the other moment because they're both very important well i was i was talking to chris powers about this last week on the show that you know he he spun wrenches for a long time and he still works quite a bit on his own extreme pro stock car and how when you aren't just you know i, I call it a fly-in you know you bring your seat your driver's seat you jump in and drive and then you go back to the right. trailer when you're actually turning wrenches and driving the car, it lets you really give a lot better feedback on what the car is doing, what needs to change. And I think that is highly underrated these days in, in the in the era of superstars that just drive. They might not be able to give the same like high-quality feedback that you might be able to give a crew chief if you had someone crew chiefing for you to figure a car out. Right. Right. No, and that that is true, you know, because, you know, I – with Dwayne tuning and being the engine builder, you know, and owning both of the cars, it is, he really relies on us to give him the feedback that he needs. And he just doesn't want to hear, Oh, the, so say we go out and spin or the, Oh, wheelie or something like that. You know, it's, he doesn't just want to, Oh, that's what it did. He relies on us to give feedback on why it did. It was it us. Was it something we did on the car? Was it something he did? You know, it's all of those things. It's, it's like a, a well-oiled machine you know it's it, it all has to work together to make a perfect pass well it makes it easier to chase both problems and solutions because you can you know relay a lot more accurately well it did this it might be this and that that i in my opinion is so underrated to be able to give that information back to someone that's tuning on a car to to save time and to keep you from chasing sure. your tail right well you know and it's i you know, I, just because I am driving at this point doesn't mean that I forgot, a, you know, about how to keep a car safe and fast and everything. Because the only reason I'm in a driver's seat is because I, you know, I've stuck around and I've learned a crazy amount of stuff about what the cars want, what they need with physical parts, whether, you know, what, what parts, so, you know, what part is in. A converter so to speak you know and then you go relay that information and then we talk about it what, what's going to work um yeah I, the I, to me crewing is just as important as driving and you know working off of that you know we've talked about you you know family really got you into racing you know it's a family that crews together when i don't think people understand when you guys show up to the track it's like legit you have enough people you could field like a bas a basketball game like there's 12 to 24 people roaming around your pits and oh, yeah. 
that's, you know, to me, that's not necessarily a bad thing at all because when you have that, you know, when you get to race with family, it's kind of hard to explain to people what that's really like that might not have that on like a, a heads up team or see that because right. you, you work at a different level and then you fight at a different level and you're going to be able to resolve it a lot quicker. That That's what makes racing oh, yeah. with family fun. Totally. You know, and so, you know, but my, my grandpa, he has a big family. So, you know, my mom has a big family as well. So once we're all there, it's, what's interesting though, is it may look like chaos to other teams, but our, our family knows their part, you know, you, you know, your part and what you're doing for the weekend and everybody just has the routine. And it's because we were raised around this, you know, it's like, this is all we know how to do. And it's it's no lie that we probably do have one of the biggest teams family-wise because there's a bunch of us. <laughs> yeah, it, many hands like like working like you said, be, being the being the fly on the wall and seeing what I see is that you, like legit everybody that is around your guys's team that's doing stuff like everybody has their role and it's not that they're just there to be you know part of the deal like. They're invested. Like, you guys are, like, invested in it. It's, it's really fun to watch. Right. Well, you know, and it's not bagging on any other teams by any means, but, you know, a lot of the teams that we are competing against, whether it's with the Ultra Cars or with Jets Pro Mod, it, it, it's almost ran like a field team. You know, you, you have your, your, your crew guys who, who get paid compensation for their time. You, you know, you, get, you got your drivers that fly in. You got people who get the rig there separately. Uh, you some even have their own marketing media teams. Uh, you know, so the way we race is we we drive our stuff there. We work on the cars. We do our marketing media slash PR. We do the driving. We do the tuning, and it's yeah. I it's it's a different. We have a little different path than a lot of the teams out there. And I'm not saying there's not other family teams, you know what I mean? But I I truly do think that our family is one of not not the only one, but one of the only ones that we all we all play our part and we don't expect money out of it. We do it just because we love it. To, to paint to paint a picture for for those listening, the only th- way that I could really think to describe it is like it's like the family in Home Alone that there's just people running around everywhere doing stuff and things are happening and it all works out in the end and nobody gets left at home you know like in the movie but everybody like the cars go in the track and stuff happens but it's like like you said it looks from the outside it's like man there's a lot going on over there but when the time comes the cars go up and they, and they do what they got to do yep yeah you know and it's it is like you said it's not all cherries and cream it is sometimes we get really mad at each other and but like and going with that we resolve it pretty quick because if we don't resolve it then the cars don't go down the track the way they need to you know so we we all drop our egos slash pride and we invest okay this moment is just about the race car let's leave our let's leave our baggage back in the pit and I've seen you guys put in some work, and I've, you know, the the one year we had our Project Evil car at the NMRA finals, and we broke everything but the golf cart and the transmission, 
and, and you you guys were helping us find tools and you know occasional parts but it was like yeah i had no idea you guys were like iron iron engines over there and stuff like that <laughs> because it was like just you know cool common collective whereas in our pit it was like barely organized chaos because we're destroying so much stuff and you guys are like oh just gotta put an engine in give us a second I'm like all right you guys are handling this well right yeah and it's you know i ever since i've been with Haley, you know racing with her and her dad it's it's very he's a very good motivator he doesn't he doesn't let us quit uh we don't let him quit we don't let you know our as right now a lot of my family members my siblings and cousin are some of Haley and i's crew members we don't let them quit uh you know i i will even never forget here back at the snowbirds when i i got runner up i before that semi-final round or before that or the final round in the semis i Haley was on the opposite side of the ladder and i i really 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 wanted to race her because that means the team won in the final round but i remember when she didn't i you know the i we were still trying to focus on the fact that i was going to the finals but she wasn't um i you know i was bummed out for her and our team and you know her and her cousin or her and my cousin sorry they would not let let that get in my head so to speak you know they 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 were motivators they were talking they were like come on you're in the final round let's go do this you know and, and it's everybody everybody always picks each other up in crazy times and but if it's not like you said if it's not common collectively then it just turns into chaos so you know it was it was a, just a simple conversation of like hey let's go do this if the engine was broke or so, if something would have broke it would be different but now it's just up to you you know so i don't know it's 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 really cool how it all just meshes and works yeah it, it's funny one you know you mentioned that don't quit attitude it's it's back to that bowling green weekend where when i say chaos it was just because we had everything that could go wrong was going wrong and we were constantly oh, yeah. trying to work on it and people like the the best line i can think of is after the guy used to crew for Ray, let's put the car in the bumper, ironically, at Bowling Green, thought tore the car up, come back, and people were shocked. They're like, you're trying to fix the car? And he's like, I didn't come here to watch. I came here to race. That's the attitude that you have when you're you know, doing a heads-up deal like that. That's the attitude that exactly. we have. We're like, we got spare engines and spare blowers. We will get this car to go down the track come hell or high water. And right. It ended up being hell and high water ate us up, but it wasn't for lack of trying. Right. Well, you know, and it's like we, I've, I've been there too, you know, with at least with one of our car. I mean, it's not, it's not always perfect. And some weekends you're just like, why do we do this? But then it's still that reminder in your own head where you're like, we do this because we love this and this is, this is our life. Yeah. And the thing that I've kind of, taken away from working on race teams and whatnot is you, you find a way to work the problem it might like you will you sit down when something catastrophic happens you work out different paths and you find the one that's going to suck the least and you make it work like whatever you got to do to get that car down the track safely you're going to find a way to make it happen i've i've had to partake in some very uh adventurous and interesting forms of engineering <laughs> to keep cars going down the track <laughs> right but you know it's 
it's it's you know as safe as it can possibly be you know it's like that's why we're there you're there to get the car down the track and if it stays together even if it's some uh, redneck engineering <laughs> it's it's okay you know as long as it gets down and you either turn the wind light or not it's not you know it's like you said it's not from a lack of trying or not trying oh and i've helped thrash on other people's cars and it's come down to the fact that it's like all right you know option a we kind of do this get it back together and it'll probably work well what's the worst that could happen it might or might not knock the crank out of it all right well (laughs) maybe we should probably just there comes a point where you like you have to throw in the towel which it sucks and you hate to do it but it's like do we really want to risk doing you know five digit damage to win a thousand dollars like is it like let's let's try to be smart you know that's what you got to say sometimes right right yeah no and it's you know sometimes there's been many situations that i've been involved with where you sometimes you just gotta throw the towel in grab a beer and walk away and the day the weekend's over yeah and it's it's not the most great feeling but you know we're no matter what happens we're all still pretty damn lucky to be at the racetrack so it's, it is, the, I don't know. There's just, yeah, I, I would take, I would take a horrible day at the racetrack versus anywhere else any day. I always tell people I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a bad day at the track than a good day at work. Cause it means I'm at the yes. track. Exactly. Now, you know, it, it's interesting that you, you basically, if you really think about it, you went from racing juniors, hardcore, and then you've jumped up to ultra street. What's it been like stepping up to a heads-up class like that? Because that's, you know, and you've done well with it, which is, speaks volumes for your driving ability, but it's it's a different animal even when you're running Ultra Street because these are, you know, you know 440 running cars. They're, they are not slow by any stretch right. of the imagination. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's not my it's not my first big car ever driving, but I mean obviously it's my first heads up big car. So, yeah. You know it's like I I ran local bracket stuff, but uh, I I actually for a few years I got the opportunity by the Tanner family uh to run their three thirty outlaw junior car back when we were all kids, and that class and the seven ninety index class in my own junior really I it really helped prepare you and I even took a break for many years, but it's that learning how to race on a pro tree and really learning the ins and outs of heads up racing. Cause I, you know, I did that in three thirty outlaw stuff. Uh, it kind of prepares you as a, you know, when you're that young, uh, to put in, you gotta put in your work. If you, if you don't put in the work, you're, you're not going to get the results that you want. And if you're just there to have a good time and we, we are there to have a good time, but we are also there to win. So it's, it's a mindset. Um, I, I, I've been around the, you know, the pro mod and Haley racing and the war Eagle for, you know, for a few years now. And after just watching and speaking with them on how to drive them, you know, it, I mean, hell, I've probably stood behind 500 passes, I would say, uh, you know, on these cars. So watching what they do 
on the outside of the car and listening to them speak, you can only prepare yourself for as much as what you you hear, you know. So I, the the first time I went down the track, I I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rightfully I, I, so. It, it wasn't nervous of the speed or anything. It was just messing up. I didn't want to mess anything up, you know. So I, I just delivered the best way that I was taught by, you know, by Dwayne. He, he really talked to me. Uh, Haley, she, she's a great person to listen to on how to drive the car and as well as Jeff. So what was interesting was, you know, I made back almost a year ago, I made a hit in Haley's car. And after that, Dwayne so you know he was like that's when he provided the opportunity for the new car because he saw that i could drive it and i i don't know the best way to answer your question is i i just try to deliver what i've been taught and like you know the uh, time slows down what after pass after pass after pass the time slows down and you can actually give information on what is going on inside the car but at first i'm not going to lie after the the first few hits, I was like, I, I don't know. I just drove it, <laughs> you know, you know, but now I can come back and I, I'm to the point in the car where I can, before data is pulled, I short shifted or I long shifted, uh, pulled left or right on me. Uh, you know, the wheels are in the air for X amount of feet, you know, you know, or I, and, you know, it's, it all just slows down. And at this point it's, I'm, very comfortable in the car i you know i at first it obviously it takes some time but it's she's she's becoming my my office best friend baby whatever you want to call it you know it's every time i get in there it's like oh welcome home yeah like you said you have to get comfortable and start to feel the car out because i'm thinking even if you know the only way that making a transition i think into a heads-up car is if you're used to driving a really fast bracket car and even then, it's a completely different animal because, especially on a small tire, these cars are going to do weird things. For sure. You know, and honestly, the I, that this is obviously my first Power Adder car that I've driven. And, I, you know, we're turbo people till the day we die. So I, I really it, – it, it was exciting to me that I finally, you know, back – because back in Extreme Raceway Park is where I got my license – and I was just so excited. I was like, wow, I, I really get to drive a turbo car. And I, I I honestly impressed myself a little bit with how well I was staging it, you know. And then I, I back at the NMRA finals in Bowling Green, because we did NMCA, NMRA, and then Ducks Race. And, you know, I, I was still learning the car, learning the nerves of elimination rounds and everything else. And I... I messed up staging the car in Bowling Green, and I was really, really, really frustrated with myself, even though, yes, it was my second event, but there were so many passes before that that I did it correctly, you know. So that just little things like that, I, I don't beat myself up too bad, but I promise myself that I'll overcome any minor issues like that on driving the car because... Dwayne, as a tuner, he expects his tunes to run perfectly, right? So he expects us to drive them as perfect as we can. 
So you know, I, it's all about delivering or doing our part and delivering what it takes to win. And it's it's funny you mentioned you had that that staging issue because the first time I saw you run the car was down at you know at, at No Mercy, and you were smashing people on the tree and you picked up a win because of that. And you know, is there something that you've learned to kind of help you with you know running a heads up turbo car to cut good lights, or is it just like a you know like a a jump shot from Michael Jordan? It's just natural. So like, I say this as humbly as possible because you know it's like a, i mean this whole experience is very humbling um i i want to go with the natural route uh the once i got past the issues of you know, okay so here's what i did in bowling green i was on the trans brake and i clicked it in and i thought it was in and it started flickering on me and I already had my foot off the brake, but I was, you know, this is my second race ever. So I'm kind of panicking because I'm on the chip. So then I click it. And as I clicked it, I went to grab the brake. I think my finger hit before I pressed the brake again. So I, it rolled in deep and I caught it with the brake. And by that time I went red because, you know, it's like I, when I see the flash, I'm gone. That's just how I've always raced. As soon as I see it, I'm out of there. So, you know, even though knowing as a driver, hey, I'm about to go red, but I still just, I, I can't just watch the tree drop and not go, you know. So, I, honestly, I, I am definitely more than proud of myself because I've, I've won a few rounds on hole shots and it's once I, once I set the tone for the week, at each race, I, I really, that's what I, cause I, you know, we manually shift the ultra cars. So when we, when I, there's, I, I say four reaction times, the first reaction time is staging, then the tree, and then you have your two shifts to hit, you know? So it's all just, you, I don't, I try my hardest not to think and just react. And after Bowen green, you know, I did a lot of, I listened to a lot of like, um, how to focus on like how to focus with your brain in intense situation. You know, like I listen to some podcasts, read books and stuff. And I really truly think that I have just figured out how to let everything go and just be present in the moment and just only look at the light. And that's all you think about. Well, it's, it's hard for some people to understand. I think depending on the kind of car, if they're not racing a power outer car, you know what they're doing, you have to learn from mistakes. And I'm, I made my own bonehead move before where it was a two, it was a double boneheaded move. First off, I forgot to arm my nitrous system. Strike one. Strike two, I staged the car without said nitrous system being launched or being armed. And it was a just, you know, a, a test hit, qualifying hit right. for a True Street deal. So reaction time didn't matter. Instead of taking a deep breath and like after I realizing it, arming the system and going through my whole deal. I did the same thing you did. As soon as I saw the light, I was like, oh, boom, go. And yes. it's one of those things where it's it's a teachable moment that if you learn from it, it makes you a better driver. And I think that's something a lot of us, most racers really need to concentrate on is when you have those teachable moments, learn from it. It's like sports or shooting or anything like that. Drill it into your head to make it part of your routine. For sure. Well, you know, and I... Uh, another thing that I have 
all I've always said this, even when I was, you know, the little kid in the junior, you were only racing yourself. Who it doesn't matter who's in the other lane, what they're gonna do. You were only racing yourself. The only way you can win is if you deliver what you're supposed to do, right? So I spend a lot of time working on my mental. You know, so so say I'm struggling on the tree in the beginning of the week. My goal is by the time I go up on race day, I have fixed that issue, right? So I, I, I'll, you know, many other people like to focus on what everyone else is doing. And to me, as a driver, that gets me nowhere other than just make noise. So I, I truly just hone in on myself and I focus on what I'm supposed to do and that's keep the car safe and drive the best that I can. And you know what? I may get beat, but that's the only person that can beat yourself is yourself. So I always try to make sure that my starting line routine is consistent and on point every single time I go down the racetrack. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's something I've, I've learned from, you know, people like Luke Bogaki and Justin Lamb and Peter Biondo talk with them about what makes them great is you, you go up there and you do your thing. You're going to get up against guys that want to play games and do stuff, double bulb and, you know, make you wait. And that's something where it, it's, you know, you got to think you do you boo. I'm going to be over here racing my lane. I'm going to bump in when I'm ready and do what I got to do when I'm ready. And it makes a big difference when you can detach yourself from what other people are doing. And it will improve your driving quite a bit. It, it really does. You know, I, I am like, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. So, you know, as a kid, I struggled with that worrying about who's in the other lane. But as I, you know, we got more higher in the ranks of junior racing, I really started to teach myself. It, it doesn't matter who is over there. Hey, you can go double ball me or you can try to burn me down. I'm running my routine how I'm going to run my routine and it's not going to change just because you're doing something different over there. Yeah. And I, that, that is one, one thing that I always make sure that I focus on and stay headstrong with is run, race your race. No one else's race. Cause if the minute that you race somebody else's race, you're going to fail. No, oh, th- that's why I giggle when people try to double ball me. I'm like, uh, okay, really? I'm, I'm still going right. to like, I, I, it's not that I care. It's situational awareness where you have to look like, okay, all right, they're all in. That way you have to know what you got to do. But outside of that, I'll sit there and roll in first beam, take my breath, do my thing, make, you know, maybe I'll elongate it just a little extra second just to let them think about it. But otherwise, I'm doing what I got to do. They're over there, you know, all tensed up and ready. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Going to roll in and let's do this now. Right. Well, you know, and it's, that's the thing. I, I was raised not to play games on the starting line and I will race like that forever. I, I will not change my routine just because you want to play games. (laughs) You know, it's, I, that's just how I've always raced and always will. I I will respectfully stage against you. I won't hold you out. Now that I'm in a turbo car, I will not hold you out. I will follow you right in, but I'm not up there to play games. I'm here to race. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You, you run a turbo car, you get burnt down one time, and there's a couple different ways to react to it. With our turbo car, we just went to Rodney at RPM and said, build us the nastiest transmission you can make. 
and yeah, well, he he builds our transmissions too, so that's that's funny. Yeah, you could just sit there on the brake, and you know, I'm just gonna drink tea and wait on you. You are not bothering me. This thing is not even getting hot. Right, you know, and I, the reason, you know, it's not it's not like we're being the pricks behind the wheel of the turbo cars. It's just we spend, you know quite a bit of money everyone spends quite a bit of money but you know it's like we're not willing to burn our stuff up because of games we you know we will we will stage we'll stage right behind you and that's the way that we're told to drive the cars so we're going to drive the cars that way you know of course you've got Haley who takes it to an extreme and gets DQ'd from event for waiting too long but you know <laughs> we talked about with her on the show I was there for that that's another story for another time or you can go back and listen to the old drag scene podcast where I talked oh, yeah, to about yeah. it because it's funny it is the, well you know and it's like Dwayne's best advice that he has ever told me and Haley before you put it into pre-stage you have to be willing to lose the race and that's probably some it gives me cold chills makes the hair on my arm stand up because when he says that, you you, you got to be willing to lose in any type of way. And But if you continue how you race every single time when you're consistent, if that makes you get DQ'd because you didn't go in, then so be it. Well, that's how we lost the race. Yeah, and it's funny. It seems like there's been several times I've been at MDIR where there's been like near fights on the starting line for something that happened – in the beams or in that region and you know i've seen it before one time uh i thought you know we we had on a speed video we had a clip that we were gonna make a race day replay that we did that involved uh pat musey being upset with somebody and i'm watching this clip and i remember watching it live i'm like i'm about to see pat musey fight a guy on live tv i'm like this is gonna be amazing and and that's the thing about kind of you know stay out of all the 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 like politics of racing i we just do what we do you know and we we always do you know Dwayne and my Dwayne has raised Haley my mom has raised me and they both have raised us we race fair uh we can get pissed but we don't take it out on our opponent because they're here for the same reason you know what i mean so it's it is pretty, you know. It's it's pretty interesting to see how some people react to certain things when I when I'm truly me and we all of us are just there because we're all here for the same reason. So, and you're not going to win every race. No, and, and and kind of speaking off of that, you know, it's it's always interesting when you know couples r- race together and. There's a lot of different scenarios that can unfold. I've seen some of them unfold. What, what's it been like racing with Haley now that you both race in the same class? Honestly, it's everybody expects it to like cause issues or whatever. I it's really been amazing so far. Um, you know, Haley James Racing. We chose to go with that name because you know she was originally part of B Team with her dad and Frank and herself. Um, but we decided to go with Haley James racing because, you know, she, she's already paved her path in this world. So, you know, the HJR brand is going bigger. I don't mind because, you know, we're, we all work together as a family, uh, you know, and then my, 
KSD, Keeper Simpson Designs, that's all part of the HJR brand as well. So, you know, we're, with from the business side of it, you know, we're, we're really trying to make our own path and do it a little different, family operated, be distributors, do some merchandising for, you know, but, you know, then HJR and KSD are separate but the same. You know, and so, you know, people bust bust my balls all the time, like, oh, must be funny about having your fiance's name bigger on the side of of your car. And I was like, well, for one, her dad pays for both, so I don't really care what the car says. <laughs> you know, I just I just want to drive and work on it. And yes, of course, it's going to say HJR huge because her dad is the one that pays for both of these and makes it all happen. So. On the racing part, it's actually from, you know, from what I have seen in her as a driver, her feedback and my feedback when we bounce what we did off of each other, it really makes us better, you know, and, and you know, for instance, there, there's, there's some competition, but, you know, we're all, it's all in good fun, you know, uh, down in Florida the last time at Snowbirds, for example, she got out of the car, she's like, what was your light? And at the time, I think it, I was like, 56 or something and I, I was just doing some different things with my hand on the steering wheel and trying to figure it out and she cuts like a 21 you know and then after that I was like I was like yep not next time <laughs> and then you know then I went out and treated her and we're not against each other but we it's it's good it, you know it's we're getting double the data we're getting two drivers that are wanting to do as well as each other and the, and then you have a tuner who's tuning both of them and it's it's actually made our uh, our situation, our relationship, our home life, everything a lot stronger. We 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 work together um, honestly every single day. You know, we're we're always in the shop. We're always in our office, and we're we're trying we're trying to we're trying to make it together. You know, and that's why I. I don't know. I'm I'm just very lucky to be a part of it. <laughs> see, and I'm it's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. I was really hoping to see you two run each other in the final Florida because the level of insanity across the board on that starting line would have been <laughs> off the charts. Not to oh, mention yeah. that both of you are pretty competitive, and you know that that cha- like the relationship dynamic changes everything. It's like. Do do the do you fist fight at the top end on who wins? I mean, there there's a lot going on there. Right, you know, and that's that's it's fun because you know Haley and I at the very end. Well, once I we'll get back to the Florida thing because that like at the end I, my heart broke because I was like, damn, I wanted to race her, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just more so, honestly, for the team because you know it shows like wow, we whoever wins wins the teams here. Um, but like I said, you know, it's Haley and I, we have our, our little competition to ourselves. You, you know, we talked to all the drivers at the end of the track in the class. And then once it's just us down there, it's like, all right, so what'd you do? You know, and then I'd say, you know, or then I'll say what I did and she, or vice versa. And, you know, it, it's really fun driving the same combination and say, I mean, different body style cars, but still Mustangs, Coyotes and turbo so 
it's really fun because then you know we, we'll say what we did and then we go back to the we'll go back to the drawing board with the data it's like well who got the better shift points who got the better light who drove it you know it, it's it's fun but it keeps us on our toes because we're we're only here to make each other better in all aspects of life and when it comes to racing you know she, she's a very good driver and i've i've learned a lot from her and her dad and i i truly believe that that's I, I i don't like bragging on myself but i you know it's i truly believe that how the results have gone so far with the new car and me driving is because that we raced with each other you know we, we push each other no that totally makes sense that you have all that kind of in one camp and you know, you, you've got a very large brain trust and a lot of stuff going on within, you know, between the, you know, a Turbo Pro Mod and a couple Ultra Street cars that the, there's enough people there you can probably figure out about damn near anything. For sure, you know, and it's, it's, it's not easy, that's for sure, you know, so, you know, someday I would, Haley and I would love to be tuning the cars and racing them and doing everything that we're doing today but also tuning because you know i mean we, we help do the engine building and everything but you you really you really really know what's going on if you can figure out how to tune one so i you know that's that's our goals um we we don't we don't plan on quitting anytime soon i know that <laughs> What I think would be interesting is if we can get you, Haley, George, and, you know, Valerie Clements all together at the same time. Like, if you guys were the last four people on the bracket of an Ultra Street ladder. That would be very cool. That would be like the announcers would be having aneurysms. They would, like, you talk about a target-rich environment. I mean, there's about 10 different storylines there, depending on how things shake right. out. And it makes it fun because, you know, George has already, you know, beat Val once, and, you know, they were giving him hell over that. But I, I could I could only imagine just, like, the that dynamic would be just outstanding. Yeah, no, that I've thought about that, too, before. And actually, I, I used to race juniors with Valerie. So, you know, that that would be – there's so many stories that you could tell, you know. Her and I used to race each other against or against each other in 330 Outlaw, you know. And then now here we are. Say if I had to race her, hey, we had to race George, or vice versa. Or they had to race each other. Or me and George had to race each other. Whichever, it's it's cool because you know they're they're the same boat as us with being together and running the same class. And I, I'm sure that they have the similar stories as we do, you know, of pushing each other. Oh yeah, totally. It, it, like I said, it, it's it, it's funny to see all those different potential scenarios kind of unfold, and I think that's what makes drag racing fun is the personalities and, and the stories that could be told. And I've you know I've got to interview you and many others in the pits, and it's just it never ceases to amaze me that the, you know that to me the cars are just you know the the vessels for the stories that we get to have and the fun that we get to have. For sure, you know, and you know that's what because Haley's dad was just here in brownsburg this past week helping us rebuild her engine and getting ready for the season and we, we were just all you know all the stories can be told so you know we're we we're just talking about how it's it's just truly amazing how without these 
two huge pieces of metal in one bay, so to speak, are, like you said, the vessel for so much history, even if it's a new car. You know, it's it's the cars. Without the cars, we wouldn't get to do any of this. So we treat them like our kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they, need, they need love. They need care. And it's just, it's really cool that the cars just hold so much value not monetary value but you know stories and history yeah now i always like to have fun with my guests and ask them different off the wall kind of questions and i'm gonna shoot from the hip here with you because usually i actually have somewhat of a plan surprisingly enough just a a rough one you know and i think with this one you know we we when you're driving rigs around the country you got a lot of time to think don't you yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you, honestly, maybe sometimes too much. Yeah. Like you just, you sit there and you think about the, yeah, exactly. So I'm sure you might've played with this in your mind. I'm going to ask you Kiefer, what is your ultimate, like, you know, drag racing dream come true scenario kind of deal. You know, you, there's kids out there that they want to be the one that hits the home run to win the world series in the bottom of the ninth or catch the world, you know, the NFL super bowl championship touchdown pass. What's your, you know, ultimate drag racing, you know, fantasy dream around that? Um, so, I, a few different ones, actually. You know, it's like I maybe two or three different ideal situations. Um, no matter where I go, I, I want to do this with Haley. Because, you know, it's like this is where we found our love our love for the sport and then brought us together. And so no matter where we go, I, I would really, really enjoy if we could always be together, you know, teammates and racing and whether that's someday top fuel provides an opportunity. That's you know, pro mod, uh, pro stock, even I, you know, my, my goals are, I just want to continue racing with my family, no matter what level. And I, I mean, I living in the heart of drag racing here in Brownsburg is the opportunities could be endless, but our path is a little different in the outlaw world. You know what I mean? It's, it's not as corporate, it's more family oriented. And I, I don't know. I, I, as of right now, I would love, 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 love to race a pro mod. That is, you know, that is what I grew up getting out of school on Friday, Fridays for the U.S. Nationals, you know, to come watch pro mod at five o'clock. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really love where I'm at right now, uh, but I, there's just something about a door car, man. I, <laughs> I have top fuels cool and all that, but. I, I really love me a door car. Hey, you know what? That's I'm in the same boat. Would make, love to make a hit in a top fuel or funny car just to do it, but in the end of the day, uh, there's nothing like having a, a fast door car that you get to call home, right? Right. And yeah, and honestly, I the more I think about it, if I did have to choose one thing that, you know, if it was my only chance to do it, I think I would want to race a funny car cuz that it brings the the nitro aspect into it with a door car style, even though it's not, but you know, 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, a nitro funny car is pretty much a like a a very weird half cousin to a pro mod. They're angry. Right, they're right. hard to drive. Yeah, that's you know the uh, the the top fuel is like your graceful, full bodied wine that you might drink whereas the funny car is jack daniels whiskey at a motley crew show <laughs> right right <laughs> well you know and I, I i don't know i i really just i enjoy outlaw racing because of the door car aspect but if i did have to go to the nhra side of things my goal would probably be funny car very respectable well, Kiefer, our time here is coming to an end, and I'd like to give my uh, my guests their opportunity to to channel their old school inner John Force and thank all their sponsors and people they need to thank and give their shout-outs, you know, scaring poor Steve Evans to death, God rest his soul. So here's your opportunity to uh, be your own uh, John Force and thank you you need to thank and talk about your sponsors. Okay. Um, I would like to thank the Dino Edge and for always getting stuff done for – Haley and I's cars when we need it. Uh, Nitro Alley Graphics, he actually does a lot of the uh, Nitro cars over here in Brownsburg. He's He's been a huge help to us this year. Gets us what we need in a very quick time manner. Uh, Sharp Wraps, which he works with Nitro Alley. He's the one that actually installed the wrap that I designed for American Express, the new car. Uh, 4D Fabrication, TVM Brakes, 1320 Junkie Performance, NCS Designs, UPR Products, Motec, Hearts Turbo for all the turbo love, uh, Weldon High Performance, thank you, Jim, uh, RGR Engines, he's an amazing story real quick. This past week, he machined a bunch of stuff on Haley's engine once we pulled it apart, and it was all within one day. He stopped everything he was doing to make sure that we could get her car together. Uh, Rudolph Motorsports, which is my family here in Brownsburg. Uh, my, my mom and Jeff have been together for quite some time now. He lets us run our team out of this shop and keep our rig here. Uh, couldn't do it without you guys. Um, KSD, which is Keeper Simpson Designs, myself. Uh, I do all of the design work for this team and marketing. Uh, Rick Riccardi Racing, Racepart Solutions. Yearwood Performance, uh, Rodney at RPM, you're the man. Thanks for always making sure our 400s are on point. Uh, Wayne at Indy Gear, always coming through with new gear sets and rear ends when we need them. Uh, Pro Torque and Bonifonti. And then Frank Frankie Varela for all of the wiring on the car. And last but not least, Dwayne James with B Team Performance. He, I, I've heard that he built some pretty bad coyotes here, so we're going to see what we can do here in a few weeks. Awesome, man. Well, hopefully we'll get to see you soon, you know, early part of the season. And, uh, you know, good luck down at the Snowbirds, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for the time.